The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. A big pool of general manager and head coach candidates for your Chicago Bears. The interview process continues with that selection committee. We'll talk about it tonight here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score is brought to you by IGS Energy. I'm Jeff Joniak, along with my broadcast partner from News Radio 1059, WBBM, the ex Chicago Bear Town Thayer, with our producer tonight, Brian Callahan. Thanks as well to Dan Barilli and Jordan Treadup. Tom, how are you, buddy? Oh, you know, Big Jeff, uh, as soon as the season ends, we're kind of sitting in the seat of a Immediate playoff jealousy. And so you kind of have to watch how the other teams are doing it, what the narrative is around the league, what type of injuries take place, how to affect the upcoming games and stuff. But then on the other side, you have the information that you have to pay attention to is about the selection of the GM and the head coach. And then initially everybody gets an opportunity. Then you start looking at, okay, this team's got a second interview on the candidate that you guys have already had an interview and now that's like the third level of effect of the offseason from the jealousy of the playoffs the idea that you have to interview a head coach then all of a sudden the real competition for the head coach when multiple interviews take place uh from these guys around the league let me touch on that playoff jealousy a little bit more i never used to be so crazy about that because I uh, I covered the Super Bowl, but I'm I'm not going to be doing that, and I didn't last year, and so it was always a preparation situation, right? You're preparing, preparing to get ready for the for the Super Bowl, and so you were keenly interested. But now it is it is total playoff jealousy. There's certain people, certain teams I don't want to win because it's just going to aggravate me to no end, and I'm sure Bears fans feel the same. Yeah, but, you know, that's the thing about it is that's what you need to try to accomplish in the next move the Bears make up there is they got to figure out a way, shape, form, plan going forward of how they're going to come in here and compete for the division. Because, you know, you yeah, off in the horizon is always to win the Super Bowl, but you got to start by winning your division. And so I think that has to be an immediate goal. Um, whether, you know, no matter who's on any other team, is that's what you have to set your sights on. One wild card team left, the San Francisco 49ers. They're going up to Green Bay. We'll touch on all the playoff games coming up this weekend uh, in our last segment tonight. Coming up, we'll have, of course, Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio, our weekly guest. And at 6.30, uh, the executive director of the upcoming Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, will join us as well. So uh, lots of interviews with general manager candidates. They'll continue uh, more are expected uh, here over the next couple of days as well. Uh, there's too many to go down the list, uh, but the hardest part of it, and now you and I talked about it, it's one thing to say, oh, I'd love to have this guy. I'd love to have uh, you know, this guy as well for GM, but the pairing of the two, how do you go about processing that with all these names and boiling down the right fit? Right fit for your right team, for your what your team, future what your franchise you want to look like, want to look and it becomes a lot becomes more difficult than just saying, I want person X and person Y. And person y. Don't you agree? Yeah, you know, agree? Uh, yeah, I just wish that somebody stood out above and beyond all the rest in one one of the two, uh, GM or the head coach, and then you said, okay, well, I, we don't want this guy to leave our building, but... 
now that we don't want him to leave the building, we're going to include him in, a, in our second half of our selection because I just think that would be an important way to go about it. You know, you don't want to be having an introduction to two candidates the first day they're on the job together because you're talking about learning their roles their new roles, if some of them haven't been head coaches before, their new roles, if they haven't been general managers before, and then trying to get to know each other in what their football background is and what their uh, vision is of putting a division-winning football team out there for the Bears. bunch of intriguing candidates, certainly, on, on both sides of that fence. Head coach, general manager, or if you prefer to say general manager, head coach, I think that's how most teams would want to look at things. But you're also competing. You're competing. The Giants are now through two rounds of interviews with their GM candidates. So they might be becoming uh, – and, and guys that the Bears have also uh, talked to as well. So they're going to be making a decision uh, possibly sooner rather than later. Do you feel any fret about that? I don't. I, I just want to have conviction on the choice of the person they're going to bring in here on bo- in both roles. Um, you know – do you, uh, do you want a first-time guy that has no experience in dealing with the complexities that you deal with on an everyday basis in terms of the GM? Because there's candidates out there that have experience. But then if you get a, co- a guy in here that you want to bring in as a head coach and you feel he's the most responsible to get you where you're going, and I said allow him to have an input on the, the GM – you know, you you have to you have to trust him, but I would trust him because he's the guy that wants to succeed more than any any decision you're making. And the Vikings also interviewing some of the same candidates uh, as as the Bears in uh, four different cases here. So those uh, gentlemen from the Cleveland Browns, Quesi Adolfo Mensa and Glenn Cook, Monty Ford from Tennessee, and Elliot Wolf, the uh, executive and consultant with the New England Patriots. Now we're going to step away. We'll be joined by Jim Miller here coming up next from SiriusXM's NFL Radio with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. And now we welcome in our weekly guest from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains with Pat Kerwin, the one, the one, the one, the only Bears quarterback, Jim Miller. Big Jim, I know you played for a lot of teams, but you're Bears quarterback. You down with that? Uh, I am down with that, Jeff. So yeah, excited for the off season to, to get here. Certainly, have you know, excited about the divisional round of the playoffs. This is one of the greatest weekends uh, of football. And I think you know it, it. The teams are right. The best eight teams are are left in these contests, and so it's going to be a great weekend, man. But yeah, always fired up for for the off season, and you know, like everybody else, interested in what decisions are going to be made. Who you know who slides in as the general manager and the head coach for the Bears and. You know, we'll we'll see where it goes. It's going to be, you know, there's eight openings. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of news uh, flying around with all these interviews uh, going on. But uh, you know, it's always interesting. There's it's never a dull moment. Let's put it that way. It is three sixty five, twenty four seven in the NFL. The pods of candidates. There is certainly a cross pollination uh, in, in some of these organizations. Um, I, I just uh, want to know what your thought is on. The list that has been revealed by the Bears uh, in terms of head coaches and GMs, and and how, as this committee looks at all the positives, and how do they pair the two that well, are going to be right? And and that's to me the biggest question. Yeah, Pat and I, you know, we talked about a lot this week, and from what I understand, some of the owners. I'm not saying this is the the, the Bears, um, but 
you know, they, they wanted it to be the traditional model where they hire the general manager and the general manager hires the coach. And now multiple of these candidates have the same head coach in place. So they're almost thinking that they may have to change gears and lock up the coach first. Hmm. So, you know, we'll see how it unfolds. I think obviously Dan Quinn is, is a very hot coach. I mean, from what I saw, he had four interviews in the last 48 hours. You know, and uh, obviously Minnesota and, and the Bears, and I believe he just left South Florida. So, you know, the Miami Dolphins are interested, and I know Denver is extremely interested in, in Dan Quinn. So, he, to me, he seems like the hottest candidate right now of all the coaches that are being considered right now. You know, I'd like to get both of your take on this. In the modern era of interviewing, because of the pandemic, do you think that the whole Zoom interview – complicates it prolongs it or makes it more difficult to make the final decision decision because you don't have initial eye contact till probably the second go around well Well, i think it's expanded the number of people that you're going to talk to because it's efficient right jim i mean you're you're able now to, to take care of a lot of the travel and coordination out of it because even if these playoff coaches are at work they can flip on a Zoom call, and bam, you can get a couple of hours. I think that's the max, right? A couple of hours. And then if you really – if they strike a chord, if there's some yeah. connection, if there's some gut feeling, then you bring them in. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's more peripheral and, you know, kind of a feel-out, you know, almost like a screening is what that – is what the video is or the, you know, Zoom in, whatever you want to call it, that type of meeting. And that's – from what I understand, that's what it's been for – you know, for the Giants and the other teams, uh, you know, so it's just kind of screens them. And you go back, that's how Thomas Dimitrov got his general manager job with Atlanta, you know, because uh, at that point the Patriots were in the playoffs and he did it all by Zoom and it went pretty extensive from that standpoint. But now I think how they've set him up with the, uh, the first interviews, it's just more of a screening. What do you call it? Speed dating, however you want to refer to it. it just, it's very short. It's it's very, you know, just gets to the finer points of, yeah, this is a guy we want to bring in for a second interview. You know, uh, Jim, you get to talk to a lot of people around the NFL. Is there a tier to this group of uh, uh, coaches right now out there amongst the general public, not from the Bears or just the general feeling because you have a wider variety of people that you talk to that are involved in the business in so many different ways, shapes, and form? Is this a one-tier, two-tier type of uh, a group of head coach and GMs, or are they kind of all equal at, at this point in the selection? No, I think, well, you look at Dan Quinn and Peterson, Doug Peterson, they've led teams to Super Bowls, right? So I, I, I do think that there's a reason why they're kind of leaders in the clubhouse. And at least from Peterson's standpoint, he's brought along young quarterbacks that we know has been a, a hot commodity uh, around the NFL. He, he has done that. Um you know, so I think from that standpoint, that experience matters. But again, other teams want to go in that younger direction where they've got no problem, uh, you know, getting a guy who they think's an, an up and comer. You know, whether it's a, you know, Matt Lafleur, and you, that's all everybody's talking about this division round. Matt Lafleur, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan—they were all on the same staff, you know. And the, looking at those, even Zach Taylor, you know, it's got a lot of love from that. That they're young, up and coming coaches. I think if that's the direction a team is looking to go in, there's candidates from that standpoint as well. I mean, Luke Getzey, the quarterback coach for 
the Green Bay Packers to get an interview. Now, is that Aaron Rodgers? Is that really the greatness of Luke Getze? You know, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> uh, so Jordan Love didn't fare too well, in my opinion, down there in Kansas City with his first start. But, you know, I, I think it's it, it's their coaching tree, their scheme, uh, whether on offense or defense, that seems to be factoring in and into it where you say, hey, this guy could be the next up-and-comer from that quote-unquote tree or family of coaches and where they've come from. Well, what do you think? So does Flores and Kingsbury, do they help this whole process or do they hurt the process? Because here they, you know, one one guy has, you know, had, a, I don't know, a confused experience in Miami and uh, the Arizona coach initially started, had looked like a whiz kid. Then all of a sudden, you know, they went down the tubes at the end. So, you know, when you look at their, not only their future, but how do you project other guys in that same role? Do they hurt or help? Yeah, to, to me, for Flores, to me, it was all about relationships, you know, down there, from what I understand. I mean, it's not like he's, I think everybody understands he's a really good coach, but why, what deteriorated on those relationships? One, your relationship with your starting quarterback who's young who you selected in the first round, your relationship with your general manager, uh, who you came in there with a long vision of what you wanted to build there, and then look at the number of coaches he's gone through. There have been coaches that have left that staff. So I would have some question marks from uh, from ownership standpoint of, hey, well, what happened here? Well, what happened here? Well, you know. How how you how did you want to bring along the young quarterback? And some of those have been pretty public, and so I, I think you'd want to dive into those areas that are really critical to your team, especially when you've got a young quarterback of your own in Justin Fields, who you really is going to be the face of the franchise, and you want that to be a solid relationship moving forward. Because let's be honest, Justin Fields not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere, and the coach who comes in there is going to have to be able to work with Justin Fields. That's Jim Miller, top there. Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score it's brought to you by IGS Energy. All right, we talked a lot about the head coaches, but the general managers are also a big part of this and how it paints the future for the Bears franchise. So uh, there's a long list that they've already interviewed. A few more on that list that probably have not been revealed yet, but from the in-house candidate and Champ Kelly, seven years with the organization, uh, assistant Director of Player Personnel, uh, Morocco Brown, had uh, some interviews, uh, obviously, in the last couple of years. Familiarity with the organization, Jeff Ireland, Quesio Dofo Mensa, Glenn Cook, uh, Monty Ossenford, Elliot Wolf, Joe Shane. Ed Dodds uh, reportedly pulled his name out of the mix and ran Carthon as recently as yesterday with San Francisco. Is there any uh, theme to this group, Jim, from your perspective? Because there is a lot of... Uh, inexperienced there in terms sure. of being in that job before. We talked about this last week. There aren't that many that have had the job before. No, and so and you're it, going to have a new blood here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably the most experienced is Jeff Ireland, right? He's done it. He's called the shots. He's ran drafts and, and things of that nature. You'd like to know, you know, say I'll give an example of, say, Brad Holmes, who's now the new GM up there for the Detroit Lions. From what I understand, he conducted the last eight drafts for the Rams, even though Les Snead, quote-unquote, is the de facto GM uh, for the Rams. But Brad Holmes ran all the drafts, you know, trading guys away, um, acquiring guys, moving up and down, the players that they picked, you know, things of that nature. And obviously he did a good job, you know. And so you're going to want to dive into that about some of these newbie, newbie candidates that are, whether they're assistant GMs or a part of the player 
a scouting department and things of that nature, like Elliot Wolf, of you mentioned of of the Patriots earlier, just how much experience they have, and I think that's why Brad became very highly recommended recommended where the the Lions did that. They knew he had a background of conducting it and doing those drafts. So, you know, the, the, all that's going to come out. But you know for a fact, just at face value, Jeff Ireland's done it. He was in Miami. He was the GM there, was with uh, Mickey Loomis, who's terrific in New Orleans, and he's been the assistant GM there uh, for, for quite a bit of time. So that is a seasoned guy that knows talent, and he probably comes with the most experience if – that's the direction the Bears are looking to go in, or do you want the newbie guys, like you said, where you potentially could have some growing pains? Time for a break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Jim Miller top there, Jeff Joniak. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl to talk about the college draft and the initial process of scouting the next wave of NFL players as we continue to break down the Bears' look at head coach and general manager here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. This segment of Bears Hall Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio is moving the chains. Our special guest each week. Uh, let's talk uh, beyond the head coach and GM search. Just some thoughts here on, on the Bears. I know Tom wanted to touch on some of this stuff last week. We didn't get to it. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with you, Tom, and Jim, just jump in whenever. Uh what do you want the Bears' offensive identity to be? Or maybe phrased in a different way, again, regardless of coach or general manager, you two guys are the, the guys who played the game, what it should be with Justin Fields knowing he's the number one quarterback. Uh, I still think you should all, all should live through David Montgomery, and I'm going to include Khalil Herbert in that. So when you go to the line of scrimmage and you call the multiple plays within the huddle, you know, a majority of the time, if it's a run, you know, issued play, then it's going to start with David Montgomery, obviously. But it's kind of got a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's kind of got a feed off of that. Whether it's play action or they see a coverage they can take advantage of, or even a play action fake to David Montgomery that puts Justin in a more favorable throwing position. And then keep your offense on the attack, even though it goes through Dave Montgomery. When you go back and you look at the teams that have, Super Bowl success ultimately. They average over 27 carries a game at about 4.1 yard a carry. So if your ultimate goal is to win the division, get yourself into the playoffs and into into Super Bowl caliber team, you have to have an identity. And I don't think there has been any identity of the Bears offense in the last couple of years. It was a week-to-week uh, game plan that they put together. Now you need that foundation. And I think as good as what Justin can be, what Darnell and Cole Komet can be, I still think the foundation of your offense is Dave Montgomery and the offensive line. Yeah, and I think you look at all the teams in the NFC North, it's running the football. That's what Dan uh, Dan Campbell did for the Lions. This is the best they've run the football since he's took taken over. He knows they need to run it. Look at Minnesota, what they do with Dalvin Cook. Oh, wait for it. Green Bay, they're top 10 <laughs> running the football. They're top 10. All right, so Aaron Rodgers needs it. To me, there's just there's a style of play that the Bears need to play. I think they're always going to be good defensively. They've always, you know, had that feather in their, in their cap, and I think no matter who comes in there, it's going to continue uh, to to be uh, the process there. 
So, I mean, again, run the football, protect a young quarterback. Isn't that what Philadelphia did with Jalen Hurts? From week eight on, who was better than them? They're in the playoffs. And the Bears have a better defense. They can do this. And so, and then expand the offense. You know, I just don't think that style of play in the NFC North, just wide open, chuck it all over the lot, that, that's not going to win you games. All right, Matthew Stafford in the Rams just won a game, playoff game, throwing the football 17 times. 17 times with a veteran quarterback who hasn't won in postseason. So it is about running the football. It's about protecting a young quarterback and let him grow. He'll be learning now a whole new offense, no matter who comes in there. There's going to be different terminology. It's going to take time. He's no finished product, and he's not going to have a gold jacket in the can right now. So give him the, the best things that can help him out, a good defense, a running game, and put some weapons around him and let the passing game you know, grow as he grows a, as a quarterback, you know, and hopefully that's the case. I think that's what everybody, you know, hope unfolds, and maybe one day he will be able to carry the team, but it's not right now. It's not now. And knock on wood, he stays healthy, and so you don't have multiple quarterbacks going in there. There will be no debate. He'll be the number one quarterback when the season begins and training camp begins, the offseason begins. Did the multiple quarterbacks, do you think, guys, affect or challenge the identity definition. I think it affects it, definitely, because you got different styles of play. I mean, Fields offers more than what Nick Foles and Andy Dalton could do, and he just brings different attributes uh, to the position. And and like anything else, when you're shuffling guys in and out of the lineup, especially at the quarterback position, because he takes every snap, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's difficult. You know, you got a different cadence, uh, different, uh, things that they're good at in terms of, of, of play calls that you run that everybody's different at because Fields can drive the ball. You know, I don't think that's the strength of, of Dalton. He can make all the throws, but, you know, it's different than how Fields could do it. And that's the same for Nick Foles as well. So protections are different from that standpoint. To me, I would call totally different protections if Foles in there than what I would with uh, Dalton or Fields because Fields and his escapability. And, you know, things are different from that standpoint. So, yeah, I think it definitely affects it. You know, I think when you look at the very beginning of training camp, um, I think as fans of the Bears and as, you know, even guys in the background like us, we always thought it was a two-man quarterback game. It was it was uh, Andy Dalton and Justin, and Nick was always in the background. So you're trying to formulate a plan that immediately best fit Andy Dalton and the Bears' offense, and how could they go out there and compete? Unfortunately, he got hurt so early in the season, it almost made him transition to what they believed that Justin Fields was capable of doing. And then they went into Cleveland and had an awful game yeah. plan for him from the line of scrimmage downfield, what they were asking That's him to That's a case think. in point right there, Tom. I mean, you go in there and run empty with a quarterback who's not ready to do it against that pass rush? I mean, that's <laughs> you're looking for disaster, and that's exactly what happened. We yeah, that, oh, that environment, I'm just saying that environment too. There, it was a difficult environment to start Justin his first game. All right, we got to take a break. Coming up next, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl. Coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score this segment of Bears All Access brought to you by CDW. People to get it with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. 
And Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio is moving the chains with Pat Kerwin. Uh, Shout-out, boys, to Jimmy Graham, uh, the Bears' tight end, a finalist, one of the three boys, for the uh, official NFL Salute to Service uh, award. And uh, we know what he's done for veterans and how committed he is. He says he will always be that way. Uh, he's done some great stuff. But this is the 11th annual award presented by USAA tight end uh, and fullback from the Denver Broncos. Andrew Beck is also a finalist and Baltimore Raven, former Raven. Uh, they call him legend, Jim. Jarrett Johnson. So those are the yeah. three finalists. Well, yeah, congratulations to, to Jimmy Graham. And, you know, has, has he made an announcement yet? Did he, did he call it or, or no yet? Uh, for Jimmy, I, I have not heard that, that he but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, something that's p- possible, I would imagine. But uh, Tom, uh, you know, he's had, he had a great career, but it's stuff he does yeah. off the field that gets a ton of oh, attention as well. And you know, and he should still get credit for what he does on the field. If you're looking the totality of a position and how it affects a team, and you may not have a Travis Kelsey playing short yardage and goal line, or, well, you know, you will. I'm just trying to use a. Uh, you know, a comparison, but when you look at Jimmy Graham in the red zone, what he does on the goal line, you know, what he can do on, on matchups that he know that he's favorable every time you want to throw him the ball. You know, I never got tired of having Jimmy Graham here. There's a lot of people that wanted to sit here and say, oh, the game has passed him by and stuff. I don't think there's a case. that's the case. I think if you're looking at a team that has an offense that's interested in getting first downs, I think Jimmy Graham can fit into an offense. And if you put him into a a Bill Belichick type of system where he loves the two tight end threat, he could always be a secondary tight end. That would be an asset to your roster. Uh, We're waiting for Jim Nagy, the executive uh, director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, to uh, join us. We'll talk Senior Bowl and uh, get some early look. I mean, I can't believe, Jim, because of all the different uh, writers now out there, uh, podcasts, podcasts, you know, draft experts out there, the, there's uh, already a ton of mock drafts uh, and not, not even sure who's actually in the draft yet. <laughs> right. Well, you know, we we talked to – it started about, I'd say, about a month and a half ago. We invited uh, Jim Nagy on because we'll be down covering the, the, the game. And so he comes on just to announce, obviously, uh, you know, the Jets, Robert Sala, and Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, they'll be down there to, to coach both uh, – what used to be the the north and the south now it's the national and american so jim's made a lot of changes down there that that really you know help incorporate the guys of what it's like to be at the uh, the next level in the nfl you know in terms of the draft coming up i know this is a very deep tight end class jim said he could have literally invited like 14 tight ends that's how uh, the depth at the tight end position typically players are going to increase a round or two with how well they do uh, during the week last week or last year was coveted by a lot of players to be there because of what covid and there was no combine so players wanted to play in the game uh, last year, and it increased their draft stock. About 90% of the guys that are invited uh, to Mobile will get drafted. Like I said, a guy could start out, start out as a third rounder, could move up to a, a late second or first rounder, depending how they do uh, down in Mobile. It's a lot of one-on-ones. It's a, how they practice. It's a lot of NFL principles in what the, the coaches and the general managers want to see. So I'm excited for it. They moved it over to South Alabama. They've got a great yep. new stadium, and it's a terrific week for the fans. They've got yep. a concert 
on Friday and Saturday night, so it's well, terrific. And you got Mardi Gras going on. So you know, we're going to let the man himself. Up. We're going to let the man himself tell us about it. How about it? We got him now. We got him now. The executive director Great. of the Reese Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, kind enough to join us for a sneak peek tonight here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Jim Miller, and Jim Nagy, Jim Miller, uh, trumpeting your work on the Senior Bowl over the course of your time there as a, a longtime NFL scout. But you've, you've done great, and I love the fact that uh, the hashtag on your Twitter account, which is at Jim Nagy underscore SB, the draft starts in Mobile. And that could not be any, any truer than that, Jim. Yeah, guys, sorry, sorry I, I was a little delayed. We, we just had a community service thing over in Pensacola. with uh, We've got about 15 players training over here for the draft and, and for our game, and we just did a little thing over here. And we, I just step outside. We're at a Brazilian steakhouse with 15 uh, future Uh-oh. NFL players. Yeah. So they saw, they saw us walk in the door, and I don't think they were very happy. But, uh, <laughs> but so, sorry I had to jump out of there. But, no, I, I appreciate what, whatever Mills was saying on the air. I, I appreciate what he was saying. Uh, you know, he's a Senior Bowl alum. He played in the game. He knows he knows the value of it. And uh, we're just excited here to uh, be kicking off here in a couple of weeks. Hey, Jim. So when I came out of college, I went to the Hula Bowl. It was kind of like a reward game. Jackie Sherrill was our head coach. Dan Marino was our quarterback. And we threw the ball a lot. And we had a lot of fun in practice. However... It, when, when you look at these guys and you get a chance to see them eye-to-eye after a couple practices, is this the first recognition of the quote-unquote speed of the game? Because that's everything they're going to be talking about their first two or three weeks when they go to training camp in an NFL. But i got to believe this is faster football than they've ever seen up until this point in their life. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and Tom, you bring up Marino playing in the Hula Bowl. He also played in the Senior Bowl which tells you that that was a very different era because yes. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're, you would get, you would get uh, a first-round quarterback playing in multiple all-star games anymore. But, uh, no, it, re- it really is. You know, obviously it is for guys like, like Quinn Miners from Wisconsin-Whitewater Division three school last year. Um, you know, obviously way speed of the game, speed it up, um, sped up. But with, with all these guys, even if, you're an, if you are an SEC player, um, I mean, these practices are intense. I mean, there's, there's – you're going against NFL guy after NFL guy, one after you know one rep after another. So it's an intense week. It really is, um, and things happen fast. And, and the coaches coach at a faster pace. And um, yeah, it, it is an intense week, and it's an intense week both on the field and off the field. I mean, just I mean, you guys have been through that. So learning a new playbook, learning new teammates, um, interviews all night. I mean, it's it's really a lot on these players. Um, but I think that's also part of the evaluation process for the NFL teams is which guys can manage the week, which guys can handle it, which, which guys struggle with it. Um, because, as you know, that's such a big part when they, when they get to a team like the Bears uh, in the offseason. I mean, those rookies, they sink or swim based off if they're ready to be pros, and that's more being pros off the field. So um, that's all kind of built into Senior Bowl week is which guys can, which guys can manage the stress of it. Uh, hard to believe, just over a little over two weeks away, 15 days, 17 hours, Jimmy, so I'm fired up for it. You know that. Well, I, I tried to explain to all the Bears fans that are listening to, to Bears All Access, I mean, typically about 90% of the guys get drafted is what I said, and guys can they can really improve their stock. You know, talk about a round or two, guys could potentially jump, like you said, with how they present themselves as pros and their play on the field. Yeah, again, Mills, I think uh, at all different levels of the draft. I, I brought up Quinn Miners a second ago. You know, the guy yeah. came in 
Um, he's really the only time we've, we, we, try to, we try to stick to about the fifth round in terms of our draft grades and, and inviting players. Um, but Quinn, we, we kind of deviated from that. I just felt like the kid needed a chance. They didn't have a season last year at Whitewater. Um, he was training with Rayshon Slater, you know, right in your mm, backyard, yeah. Northwestern player. Um, and I said, they're, they're, the agent did a great job. He just was, you know, sending me videos all fall of those two guys training next to each other. So I, just, I felt like Quinn would have a good week, and obviously he went, he went the third round. So he went from, you know, probably not even getting drafted or being a seventh-round pick to the third round. I think Terry McLaurin's a good example. A couple of years ago, everyone kind of saw Terry as a special teams player. Uh, he came down here most of the league at fifth- and sixth-round grades on Terry. He ends up in the third round. Uh, you know, now in, in hindsight, he should, probably should have been a first-rounder. Um, and then you, you look at, you know, you just look in the, the like Kadarius Tony last year, came down probably a, somewhere in the 30 to 45 range, and he goes 20 overall. And, you, you, you know, you jump 10 or 15 spots in, in that part of the draft, you're talking about millions of dollars. So um, no matter what level of the draft you're at, um, all these guys can really help themselves. Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access. I'm Jeff Joniak with Todd Thayer and Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio. So is this a, a political process a little bit in selecting, or do you just trust your eyes as a scout, a veteran scout, and your staff, or are the agents, like you alluded to with minors, are they, are they in your ear? Uh, really early on in the process uh, as you go through this and try and select the what are there, 110 guys that are going to be going? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, and you know, that's something that, that I, I was warned about going into the, into the <laughs> position was that the agents do, they did play a huge part in it. And I'll say this, we, you know, we didn't have tape in the office when I got there, which was shocking to me that, hmm. that the all-star games, that the, the league office had never given uh, access to, to tape to all-star games. And I, I wasn't going to do the job without being able to put my eyeballs on players. I mean, that's just not, that's not the right way to do it because then it does become political. So, um, you know, we've hired a, I've hired a different staff every year, former NFL scouts, kind of guys, guys that get let go um, in the previous hiring cycle, firing cycle, which, you know, there might be some Bears guys let go this year that could end up working for the Senior Bowl next year. But we try to get an experienced staff. We had 120 years of experience this year. Um, I obviously, you know, spent my 20 years in the league. And so we, we just try to do it the right way. And then at the end of the process, when we get to November ready to invite players, um, there's no ego in this. Of course, you know, we're going to miss on players too. So that's where the relationships come in with the NFL and, you know, guys that came into the league with that are now most of, most of the guys that came in with our general managers, a lot of them. Um, so then we just go position by position. We have really, you know, exhaustive phone calls with these teams trying to figure out who they want because the rosters are for them. So, yeah, if we get in those conversations and, and our staff has a guy graded a little higher than they do and they want to see someone else, we'll, we'll obviously defer to, uh, to what the league wants to see. But that's, that's kind of our process in a nutshell. Uh, but doing our own work really takes the politics out of it. You know, Jim, are you at a disadvantage, though, because you don't know the coaching staffs until this portion of the year, and specifically about the quarterback position, because you got runners and you got throwers. You got Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, those types, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, and those types. So is it difficult to pick that position specifically because you don't know the coaching staffs that are coming in? And do you have more than one system if there's two quarterbacks Quarterbacks that are drastically different. No, that's, those are those are really good questions. No, I mean we just stick to the straight quarterback evaluation, and, and we we take them off the board as, as we have them graded. Um, yeah, it, it certainly would be nice to know 
Um, but again, we're, 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 we're picking these players for all 32 teams. So regardless of who's coaching the game, um, they need to, they need to be graded well for all 32 teams. Cause that's who we're, that's who we're catering to, not just the teams that end up coaching, but you're right. Um, it is, it is, you know, it, it would be nice in some instances. And when it comes down to the roster right now, I mean, we're, we're kind of in the process. We're, we're losing some players right now. We're, we're, I'm getting calls from agents that, you know, hey, my guy played in the bowl game and he got hurt. And, he, you know, we don't think he's going to be able to get back. So now we're, we're, we're plugging some holes in the roster. And now that the teams are in place, now I, now I am directly dealing with the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets when we come to fill in our holes. Um, again, I, those phone calls will, will be like we, if we lose a safety you know, I'll, I'll call up the, the general manager of that club and say, hey, these are the next couple of safeties we've got, you know, stacked on our board. You know, do you like either of those guys or is there someone else? Um, and that's when we start working hand-in-hand with trying to plug them in guys they want. Um, but up until that time, we're, we're really just picking players for all 32. Jim, could you give the, the listeners, the Bears fans out there, areas of, of depth at, at positions in this year? I remember, I think last week you said you literally could have invited like 14 tight ends to this year's Senior Bowl. What are strengths, uh, strength positions in this year's draft, do you think? Yeah, Jim, you, you, you hit it with the tight ends. I mean, that's, that's, been a, that's been a tough position the last couple of years. We've struggled to bring six to Mobile that we feel good about, you know, solidly being drafted in that, that top five round range that I talked about. This year, yeah, I mean, it's more than double that. We could have went to 12 or 14. Um, I think offensive tackle is a really good group. You're going to see guys like, like Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa and Darian Kennard from Kentucky, um, some really good ones down in Mobile. There's some juniors in that mix that are, that are going to be first-round picks. So, so tackle's a good class. Um, you know, you flip it to just to the edge rush category, whether that's outside linebacker or like a pure edge player. Um, there's some there, there's some pass rush pass rush depth in this class. You know the Bears uh, got got uh, uh, Gibson from from Tulsa out of the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago in the fifth round. Looks like it could be a steal of a pick um, for for Ryan Pace. There's going to be those guys in the fourth or fifth round of this draft that'll come in and, and, and could be a six eight you know nine sack guy pretty early in their careers. Jim Nagy, our guest, a couple minutes left with uh, the Senior Bowl Executive Director here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, you already met, yeah, I had a couple of names on my list. Penning was one of them because he's a big dude from northern Iowa, and that's an underrated football program. Uh, I'm a cyclone, okay? i got to fess it up. I'm a cyclone, so I'm glad <laughs> Charlie, Car- Charlie Kolar is in there. Um, but the, the Daniel Fa'alele, the tackle from Minnesota. Tom, I know we've talked about him. 6'9", I don't know if he's going to tip the scales at that. Uh, what do scouts say? What did your eyes tell you about him beyond the size? Well, he's got rare, uh, rare size. Um, anyone has a rare trait, you know, you, you got to take him seriously. He's very nimble for a big man. Um, what really sticks out for a guy that's six foot nine, his pad level, this guy can really bend. I mean, it's not out of the question. He could play guard. I'm, I'm just, I'm being, if you go to some goal line package stuff, this guy's coming off the ball lower than the other guys on that Minnesota offensive line who are six, three. So, um, you know, there is some question, is he more of a guard? Is he a tackle? I think he could play guard. He's a big, powerful human being. Um, you know, I, I can't remember a player um, that's that big coming out. I mean, it, it predates my scouting time, but I do remember Aaron Gibson um, from Wisconsin, the former Detroit Lions number one overall pick. I mean, he was around four, hovering around 400. I think Daniel right now might be in that range. Um, just a huge human being and, and a very talented one. You know, he's from Australia. I think he's kind of just scratching the surface. I think he, you know he's got a chance to be a high-end right tackle in the league, but I wouldn't rule out guard just because he bends so well. 
Jimmy, you know, you're you're having an all-star game and protecting a lot of players. In watching a lot of college football, I watch a lot of football, I see all these guys wearing no knee pads anymore. Is that something that you can enforce? Is that something that you can enforce, or it's like, okay, this is your first pro game, you got to do what you want to do? Because I think this no knee pad thing is really harmful to a lot of guys coming up. Uh, you're, yeah, and you're speaking to a to a dad of a son and a high school player that thinks he wants to look cool like those guys and tries to pull that off himself. So. Um, no, it's it, you know honestly, it's it's nothing that we we really overly enforce. I mean, the NFL officials on game day will have kind of the same crew that that enforces stuff for the NFL on game day. So, um, but in practice, it's hard to to go up to a guy that's come down to an All Star game and tell him to right. you know pull his pants down or something like that. So that that's a tough one. Well, it is a great week down in Mobile. If anybody wants to travel, you've got the the concert set up for uh, for I believe. Uh, Late in the week, you've got the players doing all the the things in the community, and plus you have Mardi Gras going on. Just the atmosphere atmosphere leading up to the game is great, Jim. So maybe just t- touch on that if anybody wants to come down and, and enjoy a week in Mobile. Yeah, that's really been a goal, Mills. I appreciate you bringing that up. I think it's something that we haven't done great as a game in the past. Um, it's really market our game to the fan base because I think it's such a unique time. Mobile's not a not a very big town. Um, the whole NFL descends on the city. We've got over 900 NFL guys, so uh, you can walk up and down Dolphin Street, and, and which is kind of the main drag in town where our headquarters is, and, and just walk into a bar, and there'll be three head coaches sitting there drinking beer together. So it's uh, for a fan, that's you know that's pretty cool. Our practices are wide open, uh, like you said, Mills. On Tuesday night, we have a Senior Bowl Summit event, uh, kind of a panel style event at an old historic theater downtown Mobile with. Kirk Herbstreet's moderating. It's going to be Nick Saban, Brian Harson, Mel Tucker, uh, James Franklin, some great college coaches. And you said Friday we've got our players' Mardi Gras parade because Mardi Gras is, uh, you know, Mobile's the birthplace of Mardi Gras. So our players are going to have a Mardi Gras parade throwing autographed footballs all through downtown Mobile. That's going to be a blast. And then, uh, yeah, Friday night's the concert with Portugal the Man downtown, uh, free concert downtown Mobile in Cathedral Square. And then game on Saturday. So it really. Uh, you know, it, it's a great football. If you're a football fan and you love it, you're passionate about it, um, you come down Thursday, catch practice, and do all those other events. Um, it really, and I, I sound really biased sitting in the chair that I'm in right now, but it, it is like a football, if it's a football fan's paradise because you're, you're immersed in NFL culture, which, which uh, you, you never, ever get. You can go to the Combine in Indy, but Indy's a huge city. Like, this is a small town, and the whole NFL is there. So just, just a really unique time. I'd, I'd encourage any fan up there that uh, hasn't been down to Mobile, Come make the trip. You won't regret it. Appreciate the passion that you bring to the table. I mean, this is, uh, this is what it's all about, the love of the game, and passion is a big part of it. So appreciate your time. Hopefully I'll get you on again shortly before the draft, if you have the time, because you will be busy. Appreciate it, Jim. No, I appreciate it, guys. I'll have the time, and uh, good luck with the GM and coach search. I hope, uh, hope you get two good guys. We do, Thank too. You. We do, too. Confidence is key right now. Hopefully it will turn out great. Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy. Time for a break with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Jim Miller on series on uh, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Back with you on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. A few more minutes to go with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio. Uh, Jim, real quick, uh, we're going to talk playoff games here, but uh, two key positions in the draft that can produce starters in any round for the Bears. What positions would you be dialing into? Uh, definitely, like you said, this is a good tackle group. 
I think that's going to be presented uh, down in Mobile. Tight end group, like you said, it's the, it's the best it's, it, in a long time. Like you said, he would scramble to get six. There's literally 14 guys that can play, that can play. And so, and like you said, edge rushers, you, you, you know, if it's a situational type thing where you can get a, uh, a guy in a key situation on, on a third down, if you got to rotate in or have a rotational player, I think, I mean, just look at the young uh, rushers and how well they played. Uh, this year, Ojolari, you know, he had a nice year for the for the New York Giants. I love the kid uh, that they drafted up there in Buffalo. So I think pass rushers is is always a, a good bet. You know that you can get a guy that can make an impact, and you know, minimum if you're getting a rookie, getting eight nine sacks. I mean, I know Micah Parsons is a is a first round draft pick, dude. That guy's all pro his first year. You know, Penn State. You know, they not only as a linebacker, but as a as an edge rushing defensive end is what Dan Quinn put him at, and he had an instant impact uh, from that standpoint for Dallas. So, yeah, though, right away. And, of course, receivers. I think this year – I don't think this receivers class is as good as last year's, but look at the guys that he mentioned. Kadarius Toney led the New York Giants. Look what Jamar Chase is doing for Cincinnati. My goodness. You know, so good receiver class and guys that can come in and, and play right away. Sam, how about positions for you that impact the Bears? You know, looking at what their draft choice and what their selections are, I think you could go out there and find a safety and uh, a playmaking defensive tackle. And, you know, you look at some of those guys from the bigger schools, the bigger programs, and you look at what they can do to insert themselves immediately. Give me a safety. Give me a defensive tackle with the Bears draft choices. I'll be happy. Going to have to look at corner for sure. No question about it. All right, NFL playoffs this weekend. Divisional round, as Jim alluded to at the top of the show, it's always in my opinion, the best weekend. Uh, so let's let's start in the AFC. Buffalo at Kansas City. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, I see his quote today. They're trying to do tackle, tackle drills because they got to tackle Josh Allen, Jim. I like we don't Buffalo. have a lot of time, so you got to be quick. Yeah, I, I will be taking Buffalo. He's he's a hot quarterback. This could come down to who's got the ball last. Both quarterbacks are playing out of their minds right now. I'm going Buffalo. Tennessee hosting Cincinnati tomorrow. Uh Decision tomorrow, Jim, on Derrick Henry. Do you think he'll play? He's playing, and I got Tennessee in the, in that ball game. They're they're to me they're the better team, all the way around. That that decision's not being made tomorrow. For gosh, <laughs> Lee, that thing I'm look, I'm riding Derrick Henry all the way to the Super Bowl. All right, Green Bay hosting San Francisco. Uh, looks like the Packers could get Zadarius Smith back, Bakhtiari back. Jair Alexander back. Whitney Merciless back. Jim, where are you going? Because the 49ers uh, still have some guys questionable, too, including Nick Bosa. Looks like he'll be out of the concussion protocol. But where do you see that thing going? Yeah, he's playing, but Packers are healthier. Aaron Rodgers could be, you know, win back-to-back MVPs, playing at a high level. Green Bay, I will take at home in Lambeau. Tom, Aaron Rodgers has been the number one seed five times, and he's lost the first four. Uh, Listen, I'm not pulling for Aaron Rodgers or the Green Bay Packers, (laughs) but the temperature, I think it'll change the ferociousness of what we've seen out of San Francisco up until this point. All right, so what you're saying is? Packers. Tampa Rams, to me, the most difficult one to to handicap because L.A.'s feeling good about themselves right now, Jim. I know – T- TB12 is is still cooking, but his offensive line, a little banked up, a little banged up. Yeah. Where are you going? Healthy Cam Akers, but, yeah, I'm still going to go with Todd Bowles in that defense. I think they'll shut it down and they'll get a turnover or two on Matthew Stafford. Give me Tampa Bay at home.
It's not going to come down to TB. It's going to come down to TW. And that's Tristan Wirfs, the right tackle of Tampa Bay. If he's not healthy, they can't win. That's Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week, Jim. Sounds good, man. And thanks to our, our producers here, uh, of course, Dan Brilli and Jordan Treadup and Brian Callahan for helping us out here in the SCORE studios. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks to our guests, Jim Miller and Executive Director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy. Thanks you all for listening. And this is it for Bears All Access on this Thursday night on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.